Here the old gods are dead. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiya, this is the Creepy Wee Podcast. I'm Rebecca with Liam. And today we're going to be talking about some ooky spooky Scottish customs. This is going to be a wee bit of a shorter episode, mainly because me and Liam are recording this like less than 24 hours before it's scheduled to release. Yeah, we're really banging this one out as fast as we can. Sorry for the quality, I guess. But... <laughs> but firstly, we'd like to thank Emma, who kindly reached out and lent us hand with some research. We're very, very grateful for that. As for sources for this episode, um, I am working on a website for us, uh, but it's it's slow going. Um, but I will eventually be able to put all sources up there. My main source is a book, Scottish Customs by Sheila Livingston. That's the main source that I'll cite. The rest of them will go up on that um, website when I'm done, but just hold off for that. Anyways... Let's get into some ooky spooky Scottish superstitions and omens. So, uh, Scottish views on death and funerals are largely largely find their origins in paganism. Do you come up paganism as Liam? Yeah, I do actually know what paganism is, but um, why don't you explain it? (laughs) (laughs) I always thought I knew what paganism was, and then like was asked once because I have I have a pagan tattoo. Yeah. I have a pagan tattoo and then so I was like I got it when I was like 19 and I was like oh I've got a pagan tattoo and somebody was like what's paganism and I was like fuck uh. <laughs> uh, so um anyways <laughs> but I know now I know now um paganism paganism is nature forced religion focused religions that existed before like Christianity and other main world religions the Pictish and Celtic people of Scotland and Ireland were strongly pagan before the introduction of Christianity Mm, I feel like it was all downhill from there. Yeah, I feel like it's on the rise though. It's gone through a moment. <laughs> oh yeah, people are enjoying nature at the moment. I'm like, yes, come on, climate change. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that brief, sweet moment in the sun. <laughs> we can't do that anymore. <laughs> so. Celtic people very strongly believed that the veil between this world and the next was very thin, which is actually why, you... like me. <laughs> the veil is skinny um, but I, that's what, that is why we celebrate Halloween 
like that is a Scottish and Irish thing that we invented something again and it was Halloween. Um was it sowing? Is that what it was? Yeah. I probably should have like actually googled what the original word was. <laughs> yeah, I think it's sowing, but it's spelled like Sam Hain. I mean, I I don't know if like I mean Scottish people are ooky spooky anyway, but I believe still that the veil between this world and the next is very thin. I believe in ghosties and ghosties oh, and all that shit. So I was haunted the other night and I was just like, I'm not in the mood today. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just trying to go to sleep. Like, honestly, can you not? <laughs> like... Can the veil go back up? <laughs> <laughs> so Bronze Age picks would actually stand guard over their dead until they were properly interred or cremated and they were buried with food and wine as they travelled into the next life. That's a thing that comes up in a lot of like different culture oh, yeah. death customs, though. Oh yeah, the Egyptians loved a little bit of bring all of your mortal possessions with you. <laughs> You're not getting any of this. <laughs> <laughs> but the Celtic rite of passage that has carried on until modern times in Scotland and has obviously travelled to the rest of the places that we populated is wakes. Um, it's also an Irish thing as well. So yeah. Um, the Garden of the Dead became known as a like wake. Um, so Celtic people would like mm. guard their dead to make sure that like um, they were protected against malicious spirits and that they could safely pass into the afterlife. So, yeah, were they not like doing it to like protect them from like fairies and stuff as well? Like I will say this on and on and on. Fairies are not nice creatures. Stop thinking that this like Disney portrayal of a fairy is a nice thing because I'm pretty sure wakes are specifically to keep away like evil cat fairy things which are not the one yeah the the thing is though like when you do research on stuff like this or when you google stuff like this and you're like oh they always say like oh the the picts were trying to protect their dead for like malicious spirits or trying to guide them so they didn't go to hell by hell they mean the land of the fae and by evil spirit, <laughs> they mean really like like they mean fairies. They didn't mean like can like devils and stuff. Well, deals and stuff like that. But uh, mainly, they're talking about fairies. Like the the biggest most pressing issue for these people <laughs> was to avoid fairies at all costs. Um, so the garden baptisties. <laughs> <laughs> so the garden of the dead became known as a lake wake. Like being an obsolete word for corpse and wake meaning to watch over. And then this continued the paganism into Catholicism because we all ken that the Catholic Church just looked at what the pagans were doing and went, Yes, we'll be doing that. that. <laughs> I'll take some notes and I'll copy that. <laughs> and then eventually that became wakes, which we still do at funerals, can hear drink. Stand yeah. around the dead body if the body's there and, or not, and then kind of chat. <laughs> it's kind of morbid. Oh, wait, they're good though. I like morbid. it. It is morbid, yeah. but I like a wake. <laughs> it was also a superstition that if a corpse was left in the dark during their wake, that the spirit would become lost and then would be led on a road to hell. And by hell, they obviously mean the land of the fairies. The fairies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or like some sort of more immortal. Um, shithole basically they were very yeah. pressed about no getting no going to this place so candles had to be kept lit both day and night to prevent the soul from becoming lost who knew who knew that it actually had like cultural significance i thought it was just an <laughs> excuse to get drunk like that's kind of something we like to do but okay <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it is an excuse now. It probably was an excuse at the time. They were like, oh, no, we're we're doing this to protect the dead. (laughs) Pour up another one. (laughs) Aye, that'll be a double head. (laughs) So, as an ooky spooky country and people, Scottish folk often believed that death is something that was foretold. Like, anything... Like, uh, folks still do this now. Like, when people die, it's like, oh, aye, well... You can that was coming. Like I mind what like my pal passed away when I was younger and the night before she died, she was like talking about which song she wanted played at her funeral. And then obviously she died the next day and we were all like oh, an omen. When that was anything everything. Oh my god, time, I didn't but... know I didn't know that that was like I mean I knew the story, but I didn't know that they were like the night before. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like she was she was literally speaking about it the night before. So obviously like when she died like all of us were like, Oh my god, that is so weird. Like, that must have been, like, she knew, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I just have, like, images of people listening to this getting, like, emotional whiplash. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, they're going... Like, yes, this is the anecdote that I went for. <laughs> <laughs> My dead friend. <laughs> oh, God, that made me So... Death is often something that can be foretold and is an omen in this country, which is why Liam is going to tell you about Scotland's most famous harbingery death. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, there's um, there's quite a few of them, actually, because they're, they're, we love a good washerwoman. Like, for some reason, that's what the biggest bad omen is of death in Scotland, is washerwomen. It's a big thing in all Celtic religions. The one that's probably most specific to Scotland is I'm going to talk about is the the Bannia or the Bawinia. She's like the the Banshee's cousin. We love a callback. Last episode, do you remember her? Who was paying attention? This will be on the quiz. Um, yeah, so she's an old washerwoman, um, thought to haunt streams like in the Glen, um, and. Apparently what you see her doing is like she's washing like the clothes of her unborn child, um, which is kind of or was it stillborn or dead child? It's it's there's multiple Oh my god, this is giving me big it. mama vibes. Like the hor- the horror film Mama. Is that what it's I called? thought you were saying this is giving me big mama vibes. Like Oh my god. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> not big mama vibes. Although although having said that, one of the images of <laughs> One of the images of the the Ban Nia or Ben Nye. I've heard it said Ben Nye, but I feel like that's like not right. Um, but um, yeah, one of the images of her is like a woman with like gigantic big mommy milkers that she like, I don't know, she like wraps around her. Like, you know, like in um, Confessions of a Shopaholic, like Isla Fisher has that green scarf and she kind of just like wraps it around her neck. Oh, she does that, but with her titties. Um, <laughs> like Mama's house too. <laughs> Mama's house too. Electric boogaloo. Um, so with these breastuses, although she's a bad omen, it said if you like sneak up on her and you like, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> if you suckle the breast, <laughs> um, you can be granted a wish by her. Um, I'm not sure what you'd have to obviously. Be going you, like you, you have to wish not to die at her hand. Yeah. 
or she will kill why, you. Why, like other cultures, he like rub on this lamp three times will grant you a wish. And it's like, suck <laughs> on like, this dead woman. Suck on this titty or die. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she's like rotted as well. Like, <laughs> the mum and psycho, huge tits. <laughs> It's not that. <laughs> that what he looks like if you giggle at it. It's like all skull and bones and just huge tits. Like oh my god, like Ken. Um, it's like a, it's like a picture on, on Tumblr or something where somebody's drew a skeleton, a yeah, woman. So they've put bone tits in for some reason because it's obviously like a guy who doesn't get anything about anatomy. He's drawn it. Yeah, that's what she looks like in my. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tumblr really is like the constant theme of this podcast. It's not about the sources we cite, it's the Tumblr posts we quote along the way. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, continuing. There are actually more washerwomen than this. There's one that is like specific to Eileen. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, Eileen. Well, some, some folk, when they're talking about the whiskey, they'll call it. Isla, but I've got a pal and it's spelled oh, like that, and she goes by Eile. Okay, so if you if you have to argue with us, argue with Becca's friend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with your friend's name because she's a, like a living person. Um, so shout out to Eile. Um, yeah, so there's a washerwoman specific to this area called the Kunyag, I think, which... I'm now realising sounds like cumrag as I say it. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, which literally I think pretty much translates as weeper. But instead of having the big titties to suckle on, she will literally just like, if you perceive her, she will whip you with her laundry and then kill you, apparently. Oh, you know her like spinning up a towel and smacking you on the ass. <laughs> Smack that act like a drum. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, so her her cry is said to be, as all um, Faye Washerwoman cries, is said to be a bad omen. And there's actually like this, like, um, I don't know if it's true or not, but there's a story about how people uh, before the massacre of Glencoe, you know, when like 30 members of Clan MacDonald were killed by the government, Alexa Play Fuck the Police by NWA. <laughs> Future episode. <laughs> Is it actually? Do we have plans? For- okay. Yeah, yeah. Glencoe Massacre is definitely a future episode. Okay, yeah. So anyway, apparently people living there like heard the crying from the Glen and were like, uh, okay, I'm out, and then left. And then 30 people died, but it would have been more had other people not been like, I'm out. Because they heard that cry, that like washerwoman, and were like, no, we've got to go. Yeah, they boosted. I would have done the same. If I heard someone, like, screaming from the distance, I'd be like, maybe this is bad vibes. Maybe this isn't the move for today. <laughs> Gotta go fast. <laughs> and, yeah. So that's that's my that's my tales of the washerwomen. Um, well, well, mine is kind of similar to that, and it's a deaf woman, but this is, like... They're they're either fairies or dis- dislodged spirits or just omens of death. Um, the interpretations that I've read, I'm going to go with fairies. They're called the Slua. And they come from the Western Isles. And it's said that they could drag people to hell and keep them there. 
or they would even return them and like really disheveled and like creeped out um like just completely exhausted and in a right state but me on a saturday night (laughs) like they're they're like big bad bastards like they fly and like (laughs) like they're like huge they're kind of like dementors um but they like go in packs they, so they come for the they come for the Western Isles. So like back in the day, Scots would like secure the entrances and windies at the west of their house when a person yeah. was dying to stop the slaughter coming in and claiming their soul. Which is kind of that's kind of creepy. I imagine you're like you're like dying in bed, which would often be the case, and everybody's running about around you to make sure that like no devils can close. come in. Aye, like you know that you back gift where they're like all running around the house and then like someone grabs a gun out of the drawer and like... oh my god, aye. <laughs> <laughs> it's very and that. They, like hit the boombox. <laughs> <laughs> so there's actually like a famous story. A, a Reverend Robert Kirk at Aberfoyle, who was found dead on Dunhill, a reputed home of the Fae. Um, legend has it that Kirk appeared from beyond the grave with a message for his cousin, Graham of Dury. I think that's how it's pronounced. Again, we are not linguists. Yeah, I would just really, like to stress really the fact <laughs> we really are in over our heads in the terms of pronouncing things correctly. Department. Yeah, our, our intelligence lies in something but it's not that not this. <laughs> um, so Kirk appears in front of his cousin Graham in a spectral kind of form so like very Princess Leia um, and he's, like, <laughs> he's like basically he's telling his cousin that he's no deed and that he's in the land of the fae so like a lot of people believe that like the the land of the fae like overlaps wares but like it's like interdimensional or something like that kind of kind of like how people yeah. say that bigfoot and nessie and stuff only appear because the the there's been a glitch in the matrix or something yeah yeah <laughs> so that is where the land of the fae would be it's like on on top ears or invisible so he's appearing and he's saying that he's being held captive and he leaves instructions for his release at the given hour, Kirk would appear again on Dunhill where he was found, found and Graham was to throw a dagger above the apparition, breaking a spell and releasing Kirk for captivity. Allegedly, Graham did actually go to Dunhill. Kirk appeared and Graham <laughs> shot it so hard that he dropped the knife, dropped the dagger and the spectre, the, the spectre vanished and um, Kirk was trapped there forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think it genuinely was, like... I wouldn't even have gone. I would even like that. Seems like a him problem, <laughs> me problem. <laughs> if um, I woke up and my deep cousin was at the end of my bed telling me to go and do shit, I'd be like, mm, "This must be a night terror." Like, get him for like, actually gone. Mm, maybe don't smoke a joint before bed next time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be a good guess, though, that the spirits that managed to abduct Kirk and take him back to the land of the Fae and who. Did did intend on bringing him back would have been the slayer because that's like their mo, um, but obviously like they've put weird terms on him getting actually released and like proper Scottish fairy shit housery because that's that's yeah. what they're getting. It's like proper rumple silk skin stuff. Like they, they say <laughs> like weird weird shit in order for you to like be released for whatever curse they've put on you. Yeah, like misdirection. Yeah, so that's the slayer. We're going to take a wee break and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about some herbal superstitions. 
and some ooky spooky bone superstitions. I'm going to take this as we're back from the break now. Um, so the next thing I'm going to be talking about is rowan trees or rowan trees, if you're of that persuasion. Uh, but yeah, so rowan trees are believed to be capable of warding off evil spirits and death. So they're like the complete opposite to everything else we've been talking about. So um, something that people in the past would do is they would like plant a rowan tree by their house as like a, a ward of protection um which is really interesting because like they're such a like they're like a really strong tree like of all the trees you see like sort of like getting diseases and stuff when you're on your walks and that and <laughs> i never really noticed a problem with them but maybe i'm just um over observant of that <laughs> i didn't even ken what rowan trees looked like until i like googled it for this episode and then we're like oh these are fucking everywhere in Fife. Probably because we're probably because in Fife we're like so bad for killing witches is that <laughs> that's why they've been planted everywhere, especially in like Inverkeven and stuff, which is bad for witch trials. There's rowan trees everywhere. Which I had no idea what they looked like. I just thought it was a normal tree, but they they grow like wee red berries, eh? Yeah, so well that's another interesting thing. So they're a ward of protect the trees themselves are a ward of protection, but see the little red berries that grow in them. If you if mm-hmm. you see a round tree, if you're ever near one, look at the berries because see on the bottom of them they actually have like a little five a little five point star, like a pentagram <gasps> on the bottom of them, each of the berries, which I thought is oh my quite God, cool because that's like that's my pagan tattoo. <laughs> yeah, like that that's a traditional Wicca symbol of protection. Yeah. Which that's why I wanted to talk about them because like, I just think that's neat. I think that's neat. No, who else thinks think that's, that's neat? A, do you Hands think up. that's a co- that's a coincidence, or they've like chosen that tree specifically because of the wee five point star that's on the that's bottom? That's the thing. I don't know, but I really want to know. So I if want anyone it to out be there that. has a time machine, I, let's like <laughs> spin the narrative. Yeah, that's definitely what <laughs> happened. Historians suck my ass. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so, um, although they're all across Scotland seen as a sign of protection, um, uh, the Highlands represent, uh, in particular, um, had a lot of, like, taboo about cutting down bits of the tree other than the berries. And even the berries, it was, like, it was preferred that you scavenge them from the ones that had freshly fallen as opposed to, like, pulled them off of the tree. Um, but they did have, like... For special occasions, they would use a twig from the rowan tree and they would use that to, like, thresh grains for, like, important meals. So threshing oh. the grain is, like, separating all of the grains. It's like, you know, when you sort of, like, spin the thing so that it, like, grinds them up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they used to use... They they were so important that they used to use them to um, do that. But it was thought that if you unearthed around tree or cut its bark off or its branches off that um um that you would be brought bad luck so yeah don't everyone just be warned don't take branches off of round trees i seen a lassie on tiktok making wands 
I don't know if she, if it was like intentional that she like picked Rowan as yeah. like a this is like her chosen wood for the, but she was like not like foraging it. She was like going in and grabbing it, and I was like, mm. I was like, that <laughs> might be counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, you maybe shouldn't do that, um, but that's 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 her cross to bear. That's that's her oh, well. problem. That's not my problem. It wasn't me. Um, bad energy don't come for me. But yeah, I just thought that was pretty pretty neat, and I liked that it was about the Highlands specifically as a um, big-breasted Highland girly. I am. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you were going to talk about more herbal business, were you not? Okay, so this one is actually feeding on me. Um, so obviously, as we said, traditional uses for plants and herbs and stuff were to ward off evil in some kind of way, or to bring good luck. So. Yeah. In South Queensferry, they use burdock in a weird way to ward off evil and bring good luck to their village, which in the past was a fishing village, but I'm not sure if it still is. Yeah. So every August on the Friday morning of the annual Ferry Fair, a local man is covered head to toe in a flower suit made of burdock and then is paraded around and is offered money and whiskey to bring good luck and ward evil away for the tune. So, Liam, can you please Google the Burry Man and tell me what you see? How do you spell it? B-U-R-R-Y-M-A-N. The Burry Man. Oh! <laughs> um, um, it looks like... Um, uh, you know the Absorbalove from Doctor Who? The one oh my god. Like... <laughs> um, I don't... Everyone, please Google this. Unless you have trypophobia, because you will not enjoy it. He's... What? When you said flowers, I was expecting like. But no, this is but like... it's like it's like burdock. So like it's like sticky as fuck. Like burdock, if you didn't kind of, it's like a really really sticky plant. It'll stick to your jeans and stuff if you like walk by it. Also, fun fact: burdock was the inspiration for Velcro. Like Shut some up. Swiss, some Swiss guy was like walking in the and was like, huh. Burdock is like really sticky and it sticks to everything. I wonder if I could imitate that. And then he made Velcro. That's sick. But sickening. Anyway, burdock is like. Tra- I'm like, sorry, obviously. but I need to. Inter- I can't get over this image. I need everyone to know how disturbed I am by it. Please genuinely Google I the very man. Didn't, I didn't. He looks like cousin it meets um, Midsummer. Uh, <laughs> genuinely, genuinely, I didn't know what it was, and I think either my sister or my pal showed me it like last year, and I was like, "What the actual? F- like, why are we like this? <laughs> why are we like this here?" But basically, the Burryman is meant to collect all the burrs for himself, as well as any ferns or flowers that he wants to decorate his costume. John Nicol, the current Burryman, because this this still goes on. Um, of course it does. Why wouldn't he it? admits to actually recruiting his family to help him gather the large number of burrs, approximately eleven thousand that it takes to like make the twenty-five flat panels that act like natural velcro, which can be wrapped around his body the morning of the ceremony. This process takes about half an hour, which isn't that bad considering that he's actually covered from head to toe. Like it's only head he, to he, to- wears, like, he, he wears the booties. Yeah, he wears a balclava that's covered in burrs, and then he wears wee booties so he can actually walk. But basically, his his arms are are stiff and sore his legs, so he kind of has to like 
I don't know. He gets guided around by two people because it's that difficult for him to walk. It looks really uncomfortable, but he wear, he's wearing a balfava, yeah. leaving only a small eye and mouth holes, a flower-covered <laughs> bowler hat, tops off his outfit, and then he wears he obviously wears his wee booties, and then he has a broad sash around his waist, which is currently made of the lion rampant, like the national standard of Scotland. He used to wear a Union Jack, but they'd done away with that, so... Good. And we, and so shall we. We need to do that too. Everyone, um, when you're allowed to vote, please do so. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, vote however you see fit. I'm not influencing anyone's um, views. But also, when. <laughs> but I, the nature of the suit means that he has to like walk uncomfortably around with his arms like outstretched, and it's a seven mile slow walk, and then. On each trip, and by the way, if you've ever been to South Queensbury, you can have like actual, like it's it's not that big, but he does like a big circle around South Queensbury. So he visits several places in the town, and then um, he like he's not allowed to talk, and people offer him like money and whiskey, and he has to drink every single glass, the every dram. Every dram that's getting to me has to drink it. So he is, <laughs> and this is in summer, okay, like August, what height summer. Chore. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> roasting. He's pissed as fuck and he's covered heat to tea in really sticky, uncomfortable flowers. Like it sounds like actual torturous, but apparently John Nickel likes to do it. So getting uh, drunk and covered in something sticky. I am unfamiliar with that event. <laughs> Um, aye, but the tradition is thought to have begun in the 17th century and although some believe it could be older the exact meaning of it has been lost through the ages but the the main like the main theories is that it's it was to bring like a good like fishing season or that it was to like ward off evil and protect the children of the town similar ceremonies were held in Scottish fishing communities notably in Bucky to raise the heron uh, oh my god, when love that. when there had been a <laughs> particularly bad fishing season, um no only the South Queensbury ceremony remains. So um, try hard. So um, that's my little my little, your little um, anecdote. midsummer nature anecdote. What are you doing next? I'm gonna say it again, girlies. Go Google that picture. I am still looking at it and disturbed. It's genuinely frightening. I think I might go to the next one. And like, we should go. Like... Um, another idea for a vlogging experience. Um, available <laughs> on our Patreon, with, we don't have, but <laughs> yeah, so we'll like a meetup. <laughs> it's very fair. Yeah, we, no, could, have, like, we could have like a subreddit like, our creepy wee podcast and then arrange a meetup with everyone <laughs> just at this <laughs> festival. Um, okay, anyway, I digress again. Um, so the next thing I'm going to talk about is, well, I get it's not really herbs, but it's like nature. We love nature here. Um, so do you like birds, Becca? Yeah, I love birds. <laughs> uh, I know you do. Anyway, but the quote is not, you know, from Bridesmaids. Um, oh, when sorry. she goes live, yeah. So the yeah, quote is not yeah. the, it's not like lesbian or it's like, not by erosion <laughs> no. <laughs> um anyway, so I'm gonna be talking about magpies now. And this one is like I feel like it's pretty common knowledge, but I just wanted to like let anyone who isn't aware of it know that like 
all like what are they called? Is it like corvin birds? Like all things like crows and magpies mm-hmm. and ravens um, are often in Celtic myth and even like like Brittany, like Celtic, like in France. Like did I know like, in like last episode, like something appeared as like a Scotch crow? Yeah, yeah. So Is they're always a... associated with bad vibes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so all I don't know they associate like a lot of black animals with bad vibes actually because like you know the um the uh expression black sheep of the family that actually is supposed the the expression black sheep of the family that's supposedly that's supposedly associated with uh the north of scotland as well um and it's supposedly like if like uh a, a sheep was born with like a black face um in a in a flock it was supposed to be a bad lambing season for the farmers anyway oh yeah because yeah because you get yeah i think i've heard that one before i've heard that one before yeah um who knows this one um so yeah in celtic myth blackbirds were seen as like evil bringers of death and misfortune um while white birds were bringers of good luck and good fortune so the magpie was kind of the awkward cousin in between she was like "Mm, i don't know which lane to choose like she was like i don't know do i want to be an influencer do i want to go to university like you got to choose one (laughs) anyway um yeah so there there's actually the saying well there's like a full poem but like the most famous part of it is one for sorrow two for joy about magpies so supposedly seeing one magpie is a is a bad omen two is a good omen um but something that is very specific to Scotland is that seeing a, well, I'm not sure that it's specific, but it's most popular in Scotland from what I've read, um, that seeing a magpie at your windowsill is a sign of impending doom. Like oh, one really? Just per- yeah. And I live in the middle of Glasgow city centre, not near a single tree next to the river. And two weeks ago, no, like three weeks ago, I'm pretty sure I told you at the time, Outside my flat window, which is like in a courtyard, again, near no trees, so there should be no magpies nearby. And one singular magpie was sat by my window and I was like, okay, well, that's it. I better make my will. I better <laughs> say goodbye to everyone. Like, the the thing is, is like, if they're not a sign of like a bad omen or something, why else was it here? Like, that thing definitely just appeared from that fucking fairy realm and was here to like mess with Haunt me. Right. Anyway, so if I die... Um, Becca will be running well, the podcast on her own. Don't miss me too much. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know why? But have you never heard of the thing? Like, I didn't think that this was a thing until recently. But like, all my pals do it when they see a magpie, they salute it. Really? Oh wait, no, yeah, actually, salute. I think I was talking about magpies with my friend the other day, and I feel like they said something like that, and I was just like, <laughs> okay, you know, like sometimes when I zone out and I just laugh and go, ha. <laughs> So true. This whole podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, rewind. And every time I say slay, that means I was I didn't take the the Ritalin today. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, but like, in all honesty, um, Scottish people are always kind of just assuming shit is related to death or bad luck, like everything. Like when I was little, my granny. She, right, she waited for me to pick 
a dandelion and then turned around to me and said, did you know picking a dandelion means you're going to pee the bed at night? <laughs> and then I was like, I like literally like I started crying. This was like the worst thing because I was like, I don't want to pee the bed. <laughs> um, did you pee the bed? I didn't. So maybe sometimes Scottish people also lie, but who knows? Um, it was just, it was not the move. It was, I granny's lie. But yeah, that was... Oh my yeah. god, I was googling. I was googling like other flowery stuff to pay for this. I'm not going to be doing any more um, herbs and flowers and stuff. But um, mind when folk when you were wee and folk used to put like a buttercup up to your neck and they'd be like, "Oh, you like butter?" Like yeah. everybody likes butter if that's the case. But yeah. um, they were actually putting wee bags and tied around folks' necks to be a cure for insanity. <laughs> I just thought that was unusual. Because I put many, many, uh, many a little, um, a little flower up to my neck when I was wee, and I'm still mental, so clearly didn't I'm gonna, work. <laughs> I'm gonna like make a burry man suit out of um, buttercups. <laughs> like, this, this is the cure. <laughs> <laughs> this in a good lobotomy. <laughs> Yeah, so I hear you want to um, talk to me about bones, Becca. You want to yeah, show me a lucky you. bone? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> one of these like superstitions actually continued until fairly, fairly recently. Like, you think that mucking about with like corpses and uh, like bodies in, in a way to like prevent like death or bad luck and stuff would be like a pretty archaic kind of thing to do, but uh, apparently yeah. no. So in Scotland, <laughs> I'll save I'll save the most recent one for last. But I've got um I've got a couple more here. So witches who wish to invoke harm on others would take their aptly named cursing bone, which was often <laughs> a small hollow bone for a deer, um, to the hen house of of the target. Every single part, every single part of this section is going to be funny to me. Every time you say <laughs> a thin, hollow, dirty, dusty, nasty yeah. little bone. <laughs> Well, she takes her dirty, dusty, nasty little bone to the hen house, a potential target, <laughs> after sunset and before sunrise. <laughs> and then she would take, she would, this bit's sad, she would take a hen and wring its neck, decapitating it, and pour the blood through the hollow of the bone, cursing the home and the land that she was on. This would likely be the kind of curse that would bring up your harvest or death onto the family living there. So this is kind of like big witch vibes, like the film The Witch. Um, yeah, that's and um, bones and blood and chickens. That's a big thing in like all witchy cultures, like not just Scotland. Like, does, does yeah, that's like a not... voodoo kind of thing as well. Azealia Banks and her cat, black black magic, and like the like kind of like work like working with like dead things and stuff like that that's all very bone blood focused yeah. like if you want to invoke a curse on somebody like that that's kind of how you go about it but like <laughs> this is actually kinda, an instruction manual <laughs> uh, yeah so here's a how-to um, <laughs> my next tutorial is going to be on how you can turn frog bones into aphrodisiacs I'm not joking. Like that is literally Wait, what, what? I'm <laughs> Like I'm literally get your notebooks out. Um, so mere animal bones were sustainably preserved and repurposed for spells. So a crooked bone taken from a frog killed very specifically on Saint John's Eve, which is the 24th of June, was cleaned, dried, and then 
um, put on a fiery burning rowan. And then this was considered to be a love potion. And it was sprinkled over food to invoke the, di- the desired person's affection. People also took the dried bones and sprinkled it over food um, to make up after falling out. So no communication, no anything like that. Like, didn't talk about your feelings or that. Just take a frog bone, dry it up, <laughs> turn it in an aphrodisiac, and that's fine. Yeah, you don't need communication in a relationship. You just need frog bones. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like this is a very um, <laughs> maybe talk How it dare in thirty days. Request I talk about my feelings. No, <laughs> um, that's kind of hot though. I mean, folk were actually folk were actually out there doing this. Is this not like one of the things that they talk about? Tay and uh, is it in Macbeth? They talk about putting frog bones in the. Oh, probably. If you want to talk about things oh, that no, have... It's I have Macbeth told. has it's everything. Not. Macbeth has it all. Macbeth's a future episode uh, topic, I'm not joking. Oh, oh, for sure. Anyway, That's yeah, it for continue. my spells. The thing that I was talking about that like is actually like continued until fairly recently is the skull of the victim, yeah, suicide was often sought after. Um and treasured by yes yeah yes i did know this this is like a big thing so druids and wise men and stuff would like fight or get in the skull of the uh, victim of suicide because it was often thought to cure life-threatening illnesses mainly epilepsy um it was was, no like literally like very specifically this was to cure epilepsy. epilepsy Like no, like for like, like skull drinking or like to be like cool and vampiric or anything like that. Like it is like genuinely, they were like, oh, epilepsy. That's unexplainable. This is it. So, <laughs> be- so it was. I mean, um, I just want to know the thought process behind the first person going. You know what would help this? Suicide skull. Yep, yep. I've heard that about her. What? Like where? What crack was being smoked? <laughs> well, I think all the bones they have victim of suicide were like very sought after, but like the skull specifically. Yeah. Eventually, like this, the suicide aspect of it gets dropped, and it is just skulls that become a cure for epilepsy. So it was dug up after sunset and before sunrise. Great film. Um, and then it was cleaned <laughs> and filled with holy water, and then it was drank in complete silence to invoke a cure. If anybody made a noise, it was fucked. So obviously, that's like the failsafe for this for this spell not working. It's like, oh well, like somebody breathed too loud or somebody oh, farted. So that's why you've still got it. That's why you've still got epilepsy. Like, isn't it the fact that this is like total nonsense? Um, <laughs> but I. In the area near the Well of the Seven Heads in Invergari, there's a legend. Oh, that's a future podcast episode. Like, it's a very ooky spooky place. But there's a legend of a woman who was buried in the moors near there, whose skull involuntarily, involuntarily surfaced out of the ground. And then it was taken to mm-hmm. a wise man or a druid who preserved it in a silver casket and used it for years to cure epilepsy in the area. And I think did it work? I think her, well, <laughs> this well, this cure for epilepsy was still being carried out into the twentieth century. Well, you, like um, folk were still doing this, like folk were still doing this, like less than a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, you don't need your like um, 
Valium or that for epilepsy. You just need skull. You need good head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's kind of all I've got for the the scary, kind of darker stuff, the creepy stuff. But and this is just a a cute wee aside. When I was like googling all the bones and the gore and stuff that. In the lowlands of Scotland, like near the borders and stuff, the tooth fairy was once depicted as a wee white mouse that would purchase lost teeth for coins. And that's like oh. a thing in like France and Germany and stuff. It's not a tooth fairy, it's a wee tooth mouse. Oh, that's cute. Like, even, that like, is quite cute. Like Homer Simpson, like, money can be exchanged for goods and services. <laughs> for goods mouse. and services. <laughs> <laughs> wee mouse and it's buying um... teeth. <laughs> I can't lie, um, your connection cut out there for a second when you were saying it at first, and I thought you said a wee white woman. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you've Linda broke the, the tooth fairy. <laughs> you've broke the illusion of this podcast. Me and Liam are now actually in the same room. We're on the phone to each other. <laughs> yeah, we just have good chemistry. Mm. Yeah, but I that that's that's it. Um, we definitely want to revisit like Scottish superstitions and like all wives tales and stuff. So, if you've got like yeah. any weird customs in your area, like the Burry Man, or you've got like any icky spooky stories that you want to tell us, like please send it to the Creepy Wee Podcast at gmail dot com because we want to do an episode like this again because it's like our last couple yeah. episodes were like kind of like heavy gone. So then like shorter, we funnier ones like this would be like it would be cool to hear like what you want us to talk about. Yeah, aye. And we want, like, your little anecdotes. Like, I want to hear from people. I want to know someone's out there listening to me. This is all I do it for. (laughs) We need your attention. But I... We need to feel seen. So, follow us on Twitter at the Creepy Wee Podcast. No, at the Creepy Wee Pod. Instagram at the Creepy Wee Podcast. Um, Rate and review on iTunes. Download us on Spotify. Rate wherever you listen. But thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.